Welcome to the Parenting with Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Teresa Alexander Inman, board certified behavior analyst and infant toddler developmental specialist. Today, I am super excited to have Miss Lindsay. Lindsay, I didn't even ask you how to pronounce your last name, and I don't want to butcher it. No, it's Neural. Neural. Okay. I honestly thought so, but I was just like, I don't know, Silent K. No, I don't know. <laughs> yep, you're right. Okay. Miss Lindsay Neural. Lindsay is a mom who's been homeschooling since 2004. And for those of you who are not going to watch this on video, she looks 25, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> her interest in small business and entrepreneurship led to a freelance writing career that complemented her own homeschool style. Lindsay has been a trusted source for families since 2008. Her tips for budgeting have appeared in various publications, including Time, Shape, Better Homes and Gardens, Reader's Digest, Family Circle, All You and, oh, sorry, All You and Women's World. Gosh, it just was going on. And I was just like, wait, are those all other publications? Nice. <laughs> Very cool. Her media company, Neural Family Media, has grown to include her better half in life and business, Sam. Together, Sam and Lindsay work to educate and support their growing family. You are superwoman. <laughs> we all try, don't we? <laughs> we all we try do. to be superwoman. <laughs> yes, we do. And honestly, one of the best things my oldest son once they said to me, he's like, Mommy, you're a superwoman. I'm like, am I? <laughs> I, I had two. You have six. I think I'm going to just give that hat to you. <laughs> so welcome, Miss Lindsay. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Awesome. So let's just hit the ground running. You homeschool six children, which I think is an amazing feat because you know, I thought of homeschooling. Because I have a friend, she had, yeah, she had six or seven and she homeschooled all of them. And I was just like, girl, more power to you. I don't know. I just, I guess I didn't have the confidence to homeschool. Tell, first of all, why did you get into homeschooling? Well, my oldest is actually now um, graduated from college and working in a career that she loves. And she was our first. Um, so I'm only homeschooling five now, but um, we got started because I was uncertain of how the um, school that we were closest to were in a very rural area mm. was going to meet the needs of my child. Um, she was showing some signs of some dysgraphia. She had um, some impulse control issues and she's beautiful and lovely and all those things worked themselves out. But the school at the time was kind of a little uh, puzzled as to what our options were. And we thought, you know, maybe she just needs a little time home, work on some skills and do like a late kindergarten enrollment. Mm -hmm. But we had such a, a good success with her that first year that we decided to just try it another year and then try it another year. And then as the younger ones got older, we thought, you know, we're, we're kind of doing this. Let's, let's see how, you know, how far we can take it. And we just took it all the way to the end. And it, it was something that I, I think really fit our values and just our love of travel and our love of other cultures and um, my business, which kind of takes me everywhere. Um, it was nice not having that separation from the kids. That is, yeah, that's a great benefit. 
something I didn't think about because you can homeschool from anywhere. Yeah. Nice. Now, is it pricey like to homeschool? Like, does it, because I know a lot of people, they shy away from it because oh, it's going to cost them this, that, and the other thing. And you talk about homeschooling on a budget. So I didn't realize actually there was a, you know, like it was, it would have been that expensive. I knew there was a cost to it, but tell us about that. Yeah. So, you know, obviously with cost, we often hear about opportunity costs, right? So mom or dad stays home, then they can't be in the career space that's missed opportunity cost. And I'm not going to speak to that because that's with anytime you have a parent staying home, you're going to be dealing with that. And I happen to work um, and also homeschool, but I think as far as the buying the books and the texts and the courses and the activities, it can be as affordable as your library card. Um, libraries are becoming a very large force in the homeschool community. They tend to really want to get around these parents and order whatever books you need or provide after class activities. I've seen librarians put together groups of you know, Lego building competitions or STEM courses or bring in speakers. And so I think we're seeing it more acceptable in the, the free resource area that maybe we didn't see when I was younger. But um, we also have just the fact that, you know, anything you do yourself is going to be cheaper. But if you don't have time, or you, let's say the kid is getting to be chemistry and physics grades, and you don't necessarily feel comfortable you want to send them to a tutor, you want to send them to a community college, um, that will have costs. So there's always that trade-off of, do I have the time to do it myself? Do I want to do it myself? Am I willing to pay more? Um, we have watched our budget grow over the years as I've worked more um, and my kids have kind of pursued some more expensive interests. You know, art supplies cost a lot of money. So um, it, it can be as affordable as you want it to be, but with that, you you're going to be investing more of your personal time to do so. Gotcha. And being creative is amazing because the library is not something that I would have thought of as a resource. And the fact that they have all these great programs, that's pretty awesome. To, and then do you meet with other parents who homeschool to form groups or? Yeah, we do. You know, each of our activities are based around, um, you know, things we love, speech, debate, vocal. And so the parents kind of come together because it's largely parent-led and parent-supported. You know, most everything requires volunteer hours of the parents. So we kind of form groups around that. But also we have, you know, co-ops. We have homeschool mom coffee. We have homeschool mom night out. Um, our social structures have largely come out of just the love of, educating our children so when you have a lot in common with other families it's easier to form I think some bonds that way oh my gosh that's beautiful and that networking is so important you know I've been talking a lot about building villages because we don't have that village mentality anymore so many of us don't and it's not as widely it's not as common as it used to be and it sounds like you have that within the homeschool community, yes? Yes. And, it, you know, it, it's, it is difficult at times because a lot of the, the community is built around the school. That's kind of how it's been since, you know, Little House in the Prairie days. The school was the church and all the people came together. And um, But we're finding that as we kind of build our own activities, you know, we have homeschool PE and homeschool prom and homeschool art and as we start to build communities there, um, the, the parent communities are, are coming alongside as well. And it's, it's nice to see. 
Oh, that is awesome. Because, you know, we found that when you look at, you know, statistics and that, children did so much better back when we had the village, when there were different people caring for them. Because, you know, as parents, we're, we don't have the monopoly on everything. And it's nice for them to see different parents, you know, with different personalities doing different things and saying different things, uh, which we don't really get a lot in the public school system, you know, where I actually happen to work. And I don't see that happening. And I do see a shift towards homeschooling. I do see parents homeschooling more recently than I have ever so I don't know. Do you think COVID had something to do with that? Maybe they definitely. I think, you know, it was a lot of, um, we are trying it because we're home anyway and I love it and I don't want, I don't want to stop doing it. And then there were the parents that were like, I did it because I had to, and I'm done with that. Um, I have what I need at my local school and that's fine. That's fine too. But it definitely got people, I think, reconsidering what school could look like for their family. Right. And school could look like so much because education does not only happen in a classroom. I mean, it shouldn't happen only in a classroom because, you know, the world doesn't happen only in a classroom. It's great, you know, get to meet people and interact with them. But I do, I see the value in being able to do those things, have more field trips because at school, especially since COVID, Field trips, you know, they're not, they don't happen as often as they used to. I don't think we've had any since COVID started, tell you the truth. And you guys are able to do that because you do it in smaller groups and it could look like anything. Yes, definitely. It, for me, it would be a business trip um, going to, let's say, a, a conference about podcasting. And I have a teenage son who's interested in podcasting. And so I use that flight, that flight companion pass that I get. <laughs> And I take him along and he gets to go to the conference with me and learn how to eat little sandwiches at the after hour um, get togethers and speak in front of adults and just kind of learn how to interact with people of all ages. Um, that's been, I think, one of the, the biggest benefits of my job and then also being able to homeschool. God, you know, how about a parent who doesn't have that wonderful job that you do, who is able to travel with their children? What are some things that they can do? Well, you know, there's just a lot of value in the bring your child to work or bring your child into your world is kind of what we say. So um, even even if you're a homemaker, you know, your kid should be in there in the kitchen with you um, watching you prepare the meals because you don't there's really no reason for a, a kid to get into college or, or trade school or into the career space after high school, not knowing how to make food if they're home with you all day. You know, it's one thing if you're in a cafeteria and the cafeteria staff is behind walls, you don't, you don't see that, but at home, you know, it's sometimes just watch and learn or, you know, watch me do this. Um, parents are naturally teaching their children hundreds of things every day it's just kind of expanding what that looks like for them. It's, you know, helping dad in the shop or mom in the shop with the car, um, finding the right tools, knowing what the tools are called. We sometimes get um, people that will let people come, kids come to the factory for the day, homeschool kind of a different kind of field trip or come to the, the barber shop to see what a, what a barber does during the day. So there's a lot of people in the community that are happy to 
you know, they're proud of their careers. They're proud of their contribution to the community. And they just get delighted when you say, would you mind if my homeschool son or daughter comes and watches you for the day? Because the first thing they think is you want to watch me. Um, you know, there's that pride there and I, we've never had a no. So that's a great opportunity for kids as well. So cool. And honestly, so enlightening for me, because I would have never thought to call my local barber and say, hey, can my, you know, can we have a field trip to your, um, to your shop? Or I guess even the grocery store and have them speak to the manager and talk about, you know, supply chain. I mean, I don't know what you talk yeah, about, but definitely. just different things. Wow. Very cool. So now the ideas are popping. Thanks. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, my children are, you know, they're grown now, so we don't have that opportunity now, but I can, I definitely see the benefit to it and the way that, you know, you're being so creative in what you can do and how you teach. And that's pretty darn awesome, ma'am. So how do you separate your time from your children's time when you're always with them? So you're homeschooling, you're, you know, every, your world and theirs are so intertwined. When do you time for yourself? Well, I think the biggest challenge is figuring out where everyone's energy is kind of at peak, right? Um, if I'm going to sit down and research and write a very difficult article, um, I don't want to do it at two in the morning, even if that's when it tends to be quiet. And my son doesn't want to study for a chemistry exam um, during the middle of the day when he is at his lowest energy. So a lot of the homeschool, I, I think, struggle or challenges, kind of figuring out where everybody has their bright spots mm -hmm. and making sure that we're not taking from each other um, during those moments where the child can really get a lot of math done and be at their best. Um, it doesn't follow the same, you know, eight to four schedule necessarily, um, which is fine. You know, they do take some live classes or college classes or online classes where they have to be there at a certain time. But as far as when we do our work, we want to kind of be using our best parts of ourselves so that we're most efficient doing our best work. And that's kind of the struggle. So I work really well, actually, between like five and eight o'clock at night. Um, and kids are kind of winding down for the day. They're doing video games and um, watching TV or playing a board game. And so I can sneak off and do some work then. Um, just like in the morning, they'll be doing independent work. I'll be checking emails and sending out invoices and maybe doing some client calls. But it is really, you know, with more children, you have more meshing you have to do. Um, and thank goodness they didn't all come out at all six at one time. They were born one at a time and I was able to kind of fold them into our workflow. Um, I do feel for those parents who are bringing home siblings for the first time from the public or private school system. And they're trying to figure out how to make it work because I had the advantage of one at a time kind of, you know, getting them folded into that system. And it definitely was much easier um, doing it that way. Awesome. Now you brought up those parents who are just navigating, trying to navigate the system. What support is there for them? Like how, who can they contact? What can they do? Sure. To get that support? So Facebook with all of its um, difficulties is probably still one of the best places to reach out to local communities. Mm -hmm. um, if you were to just homeschool and then the name of your state, or if you live in a large urban center, you can usually find, you know, a, a city-based organization. 
And there have been parents um, like myself who've been doing this for over a decade, two decades, three decades in some instances, and they can tell you just like that, how you need to go fill out your paperwork, where's the best place to go jump on the trampoline on a Tuesday um, in the middle of December. You know, they have just kind of amassed all this information and parents are so eager to share what they know. Um, because again, we're, we take a sense of pride in our accomplishments and what we've been able to do. So if you ask the parents in those groups, any question, you're probably going to just get overwhelmed with helpfulness. Um, it's just something that happens. And then homeschool legal defense, um, which, uh, used to be a Christian only organization. Now they represent all homeschoolers. They do have a very helpful YouTube channel with quick little three to five minute videos per state on the things you need to know to be legally compliant and get started in your state. So just even looking at that little quick YouTube video, um, you could get the nuts and bolts of it real easy and get your next steps. So you can get into fun things like picking out books and um, setting up art classes or, or whatever fun things you wanna do in your homeschool. Awesome. Now question, does the state subsidize any of the, you know, book purchasing and anything like that? equipment materials currently no um for true homeschooling and by true homeschooling i mean where it's parent-led um and without the the oversight of the department of education and by oversight i mean they may may require you to file or get some kind of paperwork but they're not directing what you teach um, i know arizona and some other states will probably soon follow they have set up some esas and some um, accounts for students that can be used for homeschool-like education where it's still parent-led, but it's overseen um, by the state as far as, you know, it can't be used for everything. So it, it, it's kind of a matter, do you, if you want to be truly independent and truly the decider of what curriculum and tools you use, you're probably going to be funding it yourself. However, we're going to probably see some different um, voucher type programs or ESAs or things popping up over the next few years, which can give parents who are kind of in that middle ground where they um, don't have the funds to do it on their own. Um, and they don't mind having some state oversight, but that want to have kind of a more parent-led ed education experience. They can kind of, you know, get in that middle ground there. So um, yes and no, if that answered your question. <laughs> it does. Thank you. Now, so without oversight, do you, you have a choice of curriculums that you follow? Is that what it is then? Um, well, Nebraska is considered exempt. So we are opting out of, uh, you know, we have to basically sign a letter saying we're going to teach our children these things and, and meet for so many hours but there's no like mandatory testing or checking in with us. It, they kind of take us at our word. Other states like a New York or California, they may have um, testing requirements and things you have to do to show that your child is progressing at a certain level. It really uh, varies by state, but within that most parents can pick the curriculum that meets their needs. It's not necessarily you have to choose from among these. So if you're a very literature-based family, um, you can choose to read all kinds of books um, and that can be the basis of your education. Or if you're an RV schooler, you could travel to all sorts of landmarks and historical locations and then maybe supplement with math and that can be more of your education. So um, you have a lot of freedom there, but as far as the paperwork, that does depend on the state you live in. Wow, that's amazing. So you mean RV homeschooler. <laughs> that sounds exciting. 
I know if my children were to be homeschooled by me, the math wouldn't go beyond maybe basic algebra. How would I get how like what would happen beyond that if that was something or do they have to go beyond that? Sure. So obviously you want to look at what options you want available for your child. I tend to not want to have them someday come to me and say, mom, I want to be a doctor and then look back and go, oh, I wish I would have known I would have had you do more math, right? So I try to give them every opportunity. And then if they end up not um, taking those later, it's nothing I did that held them back, right? But as far as teaching those subjects, um, there are so many options. A lot of the high school math homeschool curriculum have DVDs instructional you can watch. They have live online tutors. Um, we have Khan Academy, which is free. It has a, a wide variety of resources. Um, and the community colleges in just about every state have some kind of high school now where the children can learn um, and earn college credits at the same time. So it's an, a, dual, a dual enrollment scenario, much like they have in public and private schools. And those are usually free or low cost. So you could have a college professor teach your child algebra and um, just basically check in and make sure that they're doing what they need to be doing. Ooh, amazing. So then I, so parents don't have to be concerned about their lack of knowledge. There is support out there to help them with the various courses and requirements that need to be met. Yes. I like to tell parents that the homeschoolers of the past were former teachers or teachers or people that wanted to be teachers of their home classroom. The homeschoolers of today can choose that model, but I think we're more curators of education, if that makes sense. So we're kind of pulling in the best resources that we think will fit our child's um, gifts and abilities and challenges and making sure they have access. And it's not necessary that we distill all that information down. I wish I'd met you when my babies were younger <laughs> when I actually thought of homeschooling, but it was so, it just seemed so scary that I did not even now. move with it. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have a lot of the things probably then that we have now. I think parents now are really in a magical time of the sky is the limit. And there are so many small companies and former educators who are retired and tutoring and building these great products and courses. And um, it's just become so accessible. It's really, really much, much different, I think. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, because I mean, sadly, there's, you know, I interviewed Dr. Danny Brassell, who's America's leading um, reading advocate. And he, you know, he spoke about when he was a teacher that he encountered more gun violence than his siblings who were in the military. So I know that is a concern. There is a push to make school safer, which in the past was not a concern right? Because schools were safe. Like, you know, you felt safe in schools and churches. And this world has changed so much that there are so many safety measures in place at schools because of recent gun violence. So it must be, it must feel a little more peaceful, you know, like you don't have that stress to worry about. It is different. And, and, you know, our children, we try, we try to understand we, that we have, a, we have, we have some privilege with what we are able to do. We have two parents in the home and we're, we're, um, we're doing okay. As far as, you know, we, we, we can feed our family and there's a lot of families that aren't in that situation. And so it can be very hard when you're faced with the choice of, 
okay, I know this might not be the best for my child, but I don't know what else to do. Mm -hmm. But when you bring up the topic of violence in schools, I think a lot of parents are getting to that, that point where they're like, okay, my baby's body has to be safe. Um, and then we'll figure the rest out. And so for those families who have brought their kids home, because maybe that's the safest place for now, um, we're just trying to help, you know, homeschoolers like me are just trying to help fill in the gaps to get these parents up and running as quickly as they can, because those kids deserve to be safe and be able to learn. It shouldn't have to be one or the other. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not trying to, you know, be a fair monger because I work at the school district and I go to the school every, I go to different schools every day in different neighborhoods across the county. So it's not that, I just know that parents have brought those concerns up, which makes sense in light of all that has happened. So that's, which is why I mentioned it. But again, sure. I'm not trying to be a fear monger because I'm in there every day. <laughs> Well, it can also be a matter of bullying or maybe a child is just socially or emotionally not quite up to the level of their peers. And so they may just not feel um, like they're free to learn in a way that that's, you know, best for them. And, and that can be equally frustrating for a parent, too. So, so true. And, you know, with cyberbullying and it's just become a thing. I mean, bullying has taken on a life of its own, which is so sad. You know, because with the advent of, you know, social media, people can do it without facing you. So it makes it even easier to bully. And yeah, I do see why those concerns would, those, you know, that would be a concern for parents. Well, Miss Lindsay, I thank you so, so much. Um, before we part ways, is there something that you want parents to leave this moment with? Yeah. So at the very beginning, you had something said something about not feeling confident enough. Mm -hmm. And I just want to remind people that um, even at a point where I have a child graduated and I'm very proud she's working the career she's always, you know, wanted to do. Um, I still second guess myself as many seconds there as there are in the day. So confidence shouldn't be the thing, shouldn't be the driver. Um, just really look at your child and, and, understand that you were given that child, you can figure it out. Um, and that there's a great big community out there that is so willing to answer your questions and help you um, take advantage of that. Awesome. And tell them about your book. Sure. It's called Homeschool Hacks, How to Give Your Kid a Great Education Without Losing Your Job or Your Mind. Um, and I think the best part is it's just filled with a lot of non-judgmental uh, tips and then several parents from different backgrounds that have just figured it out and were happy to share with me um, what a day in the life looks like for them. So maybe you'll see somebody that looks like you uh, when you're reading. Nice. And where can they find your book? Um, at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, online, any, any bookstore. And it's in a lot of libraries at major public library systems have it. So if you're on a budget, you know, ask your librarian because that's a possibility as well. Well, that's a beautiful thing, Miss Lindsay. That's awesome that they can, you know, get that. Because again, you're all about that budget if they need it. So here yeah. you are. And they can find you at homeschoolhacks.com. Homeschoolhacksbook.com or lindsaynurl.com. So okay. you can awesome. find me there. <laughs> Wonderful. So people tap into Lindsay and her wealth of knowledge because she's got this big circle of people that can help you as well. So you can homeschool with confidence. <laughs> yes. 
Wonderful. Miss Lindsay, thank you so, so much for being here. Thank and... you. I enjoyed our talk. Pardon? Sorry. I just enjoyed our talk. Thank you. Oh, so did I. So did I. And I just, I hope I didn't talk too much and allowed you to really share your wealth of knowledge. You were great. Thanks. Awesome. You're welcome. Because I get so excited. And when, you know, when I talk to people and I like to learn new things. So this has been a lot of fun. So I thank you again. And maybe we can get together again, hang out. Yes. Okay, awesome. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. All right. Be blessed.